I'm sorry I lost my patience No, I just can't catch a break Yeah, I'm always late Yeah, still always waiting Oh, how I love when I slow down Forget myself when I go around I lost my feet, said I love you Too bad that dreams don't just come true Having fun hitting that banana gram. I love just wasting my time. Wasting my time. Hating it, checking my Instagram. No, it won't turn me to a better man. I know it's killing my vibe. My words just seem inefficient. I'm scared of the recognition. I'm sorry, it's you I'm missing. To tell the truth, I can't make it different. Oh, how I love when I slow down Forget myself when I go around I lost my feet, said I love you Too bad that dreams don't just come true Suddenly, I can see the world as it's supposed to be And the pain inside my heart has left my chest Honestly, we can be anyone we wanna be in the world can put our worry down to rest But I can't find another broken light to bright my life up No I can't hold I can't hold another broken soul and know it's over no, it's not over. You are so cool. Yeah. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when I go around. I lost my feet, said I love you. Too bad that dreams don't just come true.
morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, the next Spiro Agnew Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? I think my uh, relatives are upstairs watching the show because I can hear it in double. Gotcha. Um... First and foremost, allow me to first thank Joey Basinger for uh, allowing us to use his music at the beginning of this episode, the young little protege that used to live next door to me. Also, allow me to thank Justin for the kava that I am drinking on today's episode. And allow me to thank Kroger for this delicious purified drinking water that I'm drinking here right now on the show. Pulavanaka. Pulavanaka. Guys, I'm not just Spike Cohen anymore, by the way. I am 2020 Libertarian Party, 2020 Vice Presidential Candidate, Spike Cohen. You didn't hear your nickname, did you? I did not. I was preoccupied. What did you? Is that exactly what you said? No, I said the next Spiro Agnew. The next Spiro Agnew? That's, that's fair. That is very possible, because I'm pretty sure if we got elected, we'd get impeached pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Pretty darn quickly. So, pretty darn quick. Unless we also get a landslide libertarian Congress, and even then it's 50 50. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, half of them will just impeach you just because they're like, we don't want government. So, it's time to start impeaching. Um, yeah. So, uh, Matt, how was your week? Oh, man. You know, that would have been an awful joke. I'm not going to say that. Uh, my, my week was. It's better to be me than other people. That's that's a very uh, a very mature way to look at it, Matt. Um, well, I've had a fun week. Uh, I uh, I went to Libertarian Party of Tennessee convention and gala. More on mm. that later. Yeah, like, more on that like later. A good, like a good gala. Who doesn't like a good gala? You know. I mean, it was a gay gala. I'll tell you that right now. Was it? Um, I now have a, well, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about the campaign stuff later. But I had a very interesting weekend. I am now in Atlanta. Beautiful AT, I'm in the ATL. The ATL. The ATL. The, the dirty, the dirty bird. Or the, dirt, the dirty bird capital. I'm told yeah. birds aren't yeah. real. Um, I'm here. Uh, well, in Atlanta, at least the Falcons are real. Well, yeah, they are. I think you might have something on that has this show playing at low volume, like your phone or something. Mm -mm. Okay, then I don't know. Anyway, whatever. So, guys, let us know how your week was. And, uh, in fact, Jason Lyon has written us, Mr. Mirka, the Bearded Truth, has written a comment. Hey, long-time listener, first-time messenger tonight at least. Glad to see you guys live. Hey, Jason. Thanks for tuning hey, Jason. in. Glad to see Weird. you live, too. You started doing your show again. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been great to see uh, the old bearded truth back spreading truth amongst the airwaves. Yeah, we have only had, uh, uh, well, clean-shaven and, you know, stubble truth for the last for the last little bit. So it's been nice to have some to have some uh, to have some bearded truth. That's right. The beard. We need a little bit of bearded truth back. Well. Guys, speaking of beards, big news at the Oscars, Matt. 
right? Trying to figure out that one. Um, but so there's, yes, a lot of, there's a lot of beards at the Oscars. Sure. Um, <laughs> yesterday, uh, the Oscar nominations were announced. Joker taking a massive lead, which shocks many people, even though I thought it was a good movie. I didn't think it's it was movie. a great movie. I didn't think it was like it's a great it's a it's a really good movie but i didn't think it was oscar caliber but it's leading the way with 11 nominations um but just like every other year the oscars have some form of controversy right last year oscars so white a couple years ago oscars so sexist i think was one um you you just kind of always get it uh people were outraged this year that Greta Gerwig wasn't nominated for best director for little women, uh, calling the show sexist. Is that really Greta Gerwig? That is Greta Gerwig right there. Okay. I just, I had no, I, I've never heard of her before. I like, I know that I know she's a director and I know that she's uh, been nominated in the past, but I didn't know what she looked like. And all I saw was that you put Greta in the notes and I was very, very worried. You're going to put her up. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> that would have been way funnier, but I didn't have time. No. Right. No, I get that. Um, uh, but they called uh, this year's show sexist for her not getting nominated, but then they failed to realize that this year had the highest percentage of women ever nominated at 31%. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting headline for an article. It is, yeah. Because they have to make this a bad thing, (laughs) despite female directors, so despite the fact that one of the people who directed a movie didn't get an Oscar, this has been a great year for women, but this one woman didn't get an Oscar. because it's And it's not possible that the other movies were just deemed by the Academy to be better. It's clearly sexism. Despite, despite, despite 31% of nominees being, which is apparently a record high. Right. We still have, that's what set. That's, this is the, this is the, the gap because that would mean 69% were men. I don't want to assume all of their genders, but I would think that that's probably the case. Probably, yeah, probably. Uh, it's pretty safe to assume that 69% of them were men. Uh, however, last year, I think it was uh, 24% were women, and it was the most. And now we've got 31% women. So, But, 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 but Matt, Matt, Matt. But Greta. Greta. But Greta did not. But Greta. And the movie was Little Women. Like, how many times have they remade that movie? And They're I haven't seen it. Like, I'm not... It. I'm not they're going to keep remaking it until you give a woman a, a damn film direct has the film director Oscar. That's what's right. going to happen. Well, Catherine Bigelow got that a few years ago for Hurt Locker. Yeah, but that wasn't Greta. That wasn't Greta. No, you're right. That wasn't Greta. This is Greta ist. When, so when Catherine Bigelow won, by the way, oh, this no. is fun oh, Oscar trivia oh, for you. Oh no. Um, that was a really great moment for me when she won because that year was the year that avatar came out mm-hmm. and everybody assumed that avatar was going to win. And avatar is a piece of crap movie, just like pretty much anything James Cameron has done since 1994. Um, 
he also did Titanic for anybody who doesn't know. And I hate that movie too. Um, but Avatar, I mean, Avatar is Dances with Wolves as a cartoon. That's all it is. If you take Dances with Wolves and you take Fern Gully and you mash it together and they have some abhorrent little baby that's in 3D and that's how you get Avatar. And everybody was like, oh, James Cameron's going to win. Catherine Bigelow won, which makes it even better because Catherine Bigelow is James Cameron's ex-wife. Ooh. So he may have been making... He may have made the movie that at the time made the most money ever, but he got bitch slapped by his ex-wife on national TV when she was called a better director than him. The best of times and the worst of times, Matt. You 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 get the, the highest grossing movie ever and wide critical acclaim about the remake of Fern Gully, like you said, the, the multi-billion dollar remake of Fern Gully. And then, but your ex-wife... But. BTFOs you at the Oscars. That's right. Now, if you were like making a deal with like Satan, and <laughs> which I'm assuming James Cameron did to make Titanic. Yeah, I know that. I, I, would, I would think so. So he's like, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to get you the top grossing movie of all time. But. But your ex-wife is going to beat you for best director at the Oscars. I don't know. I take that deal. And you're going to hell forever. Well, yeah, that too. But that's just him being at the Oscars, replaying the moment where they call Catherine Bigelow's name over and over and over again, and he doesn't get to stand up and walk out to take the trophy. That's his hell. There's that's no burning. He just he just replays Catherine, <laughs> just Bigelow, replays Catherine Bigelow. that moment over and over and over again. As and everyone looking at him just- like, as soon as she finishes her speech and they start the next one, it just resets all the way back to the beginning. Wow. So he doesn't even get to witness her speech. He just experiences no, he the has most to, acute he part. Watch the speech because he doesn't get thanked. So the speech and then boom, right straight back. And then he gets to occasionally experience through other famous people's eyes when they found out and then immediately look at him to see his reaction. So he gets right. to see his reaction from countless points of view of famous people of them just experiencing, of, you know, them seeing him mortified that right. his ex-wife beat him. Yes. But he, did, but he did make billions. He did make billions on it. He, he, he did make billions. We here at Muddy Waters Media would, uh, you know, would just like to say, don't make deals with the devil. Just don't because they don't they don't usually work out well. Turns out, turns out you're gonna you're not gonna like it. Uh, we have some comments here. Uh, Jason was very happy to be a segue. Uh, great day in the morning. He said, "Great day in the morning, indeed, Jason." Great day um, in the morning. Great day in the we morning. We haven't said that in a while. I know we have we haven't. That's why I was happy to say it. Uh, Sarah Ann Andrew, super fan. Super fan, Sarah uh, Anderegg says, uh, would it be sexist if it was 60% women being nominated and 40% men? No, it would be diverse. No. That's diversity. Mm-hmm. Right. That's diversity. Um, she also said Titanic is trash. Oh, no. Are we going to? Oh, no? Okay, good. Uh, so she, speaking... she agrees. Titanic okay. is trash. Yeah, I no, don't need to go into why. But we'll just leave it at that. Uh, so also speaking of beards, Cory Booker, Matt. Cory Booker ended his campaign for president, didn't he? Yes, he did. 
He ended his campaign for president <laughs> citing lack of funds in, an, in the oncoming impeachment hearing as reason on why he is backing out. Forgetting, he seems to have forgotten that he's polling at 2% or less and is just generally unlikable. That is possibly a factor. Just a little bit. The good news, the good news for Corey is he is now only shooting for re-election in New Jersey. Uh, so instead of performing a countrywide campaign, he has much more time to dedicate to his beard. This is, of course, Rosario Dawson pictured here with Cory Booker, genuinely in love, as you can genuinely tell. Genuinely in love. That's, that's what genuine love looks like. That's it looks right. A little that like is actually fear. what genuine love looks like. Cory Booker is just looking at a male crotch from across the room. Yeah, no, he has the look of male crotch satisfaction. She has a look of mild horror. And um, put that together and that's love, Matt. That's love. That, that is, is love. 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 That is love. Now, of course, Matt, with Corey out of the race, the diversity of the Democratic field has dropped quite a bit, uh, pretty extensively. It's prompting the hashtag Dems debate so white ahead of the debate, which is, I'm told, happening at somewhere. <laughs> right now. That's what I'm told. Um, <laughs> oh, and Marianne Williamson also dropped out. She did. She dropped she out. Did. And I have yeah. been... Well, so did Julian Castro. Julian Castro dropped out. So it's becoming a lot more, more white, male uh, the Democratic field. Um, and speaking of white, male Joe Biden. You know what I just realized? I didn't put into the notes the graphic that I made for that dim debate, so white thing. Oh, yeah. Here, you talk about the dim debates being white. Hold on. Yeah. Um, With Andrew Yang, who is still running, but not qualifying for today's debate. I thought he was in fourth place in some of the polls or something. He, sure. In some of them, but not the qualifying ones, apparently. Ah. Um, But with Andrew Yang not being in the debate, you have Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Tom Steyer, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Booty Judge, and I feel like I'm forgetting somebody that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar. Uh, all of those are very, very pasty. It's like watching an episode of Muddied Waters Media on the Democratic debate stage. <laughs> I'm not pasty, Matt. I'm trying my best, okay? Yeah, me too, but look at me. Um, <laughs> so... The exceptionally, the exceptionally inclusive and uh, free-thinking Democratic Party has three old white guys, two old white women, and Pete Buttigieg up on the main stage for the last debate before the Iowa caucus. Well, that is unfortunate, Matt. I uh, I was not. Here's the uh, here's the graphic, by the way. Right. Debate so white. It was worth and, it. It was worth the wait. It was worth the wait. And in all fairness, um, that's not a real hashtag. We just literally created it, I think. Um, well, I would hope someone else came up with that, too. I mean, you, I would hope, but I didn't see it anywhere. And I checked Twitter last night when I made the graphic. Um, so well, if you speaking guys of, are speaking of so guys, white, go ahead. So white. 
Speaking of so white, Joe Biden, Joseph, I make the black kids get in the pool and touch my legs underwater. Then I call them cockroaches and threaten to wrap a chain around their neck, Biden. All that's true, by the way. Joe Biden, in fact, he told us he was proud of that. I'm tired of being the one to defend Joe Biden, but you're misquoting him. He didn't make them get into the pool and touch his leg hair. He did make them sit on his lap. Oh, so they wanted to touch his leg hair. Is that that's, what we're going with? That That's what his story is. Okay. Officer, you, you see, they wanted this. If they didn't want to touch his leg hair, why were they wearing swim trunks, huh? Huh? Anyway, uh, guys, Joe Biden. Um, oh, by the way, this episode is brought to you. Where is it? This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party dad bod calendar. If you, I, there's a man right there that you'd want to get underwater and touch his leg hair. Um, for only $12, I have quite a bit of leg hair. I actually absorbed most of the water in this picture. Um, the, uh, libertarian dad bod calendar, uh, with, uh, your favorite sexy libertarian men, including me, Mr. April, the sweet summer boy, Spike Cohen himself. Uh, you can go to libertarian It's $12, including shipping. Um, and then it's also brought to you, this episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing caucus that's based in a breakfast place, and it has waffles. So speaking of Joe Biden, so Joe Biden is now leading in the average of polls. He's leading nationally by eight points. And what's even more so is that not only is he leading in, in not only is uh, old Uncle Sniffy up to an eight-point lead nationally. He's also leading by 0.4 points in Iowa, one point in New Hampshire, 5.7 in Nevada, and 17 percentage points in South Carolina. Now, folks, those are, of course, the, the, the first four primary states. Now, I've got news for you guys. If Joe Biden sweeps the first four primary states... There's a chance he could still lose. That's not enough delegates to win outright. But he's going to have so much Joe-mentum that uh, it's pretty well assured that he will be the nominee. Wouldn't you say, Matt? Uh, Yeah, if he wins the first four primary, you're immediately going to see Amy Klobuchar drop out. You're immediately going to see pretty much everybody drop out except for Bernie and Warren and Buttigieg. It'll be those four. Buttigieg is only staying in, I think, at this point for uh, cabinet position, cabinet position, high high level position, possibly VP. Um, That's fair. I don't. Bernie, oops. Um, rookie. Uh, Bernie is in it to win it, and he will stay in until the absolute bitter end. Yeah. Yeah. But if yeah. he, but you're right. If if Biden wins the first four, over. It's 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 all. I mean, unless a massive scandal happens, but he's kind of the Trump of of the Democrats. He's he kind of is the Trump of, of the Democrats. He creates his own scandals, and everyone just kind of shrugs and goes, "Well, you know how he is," and and he's and Biden. votes for him. Yeah, it, it's he. He has said things that would have gotten most people. Arrested, <laughs> drummed right on out of politics, and he just keeps going. 
he says whatever the hell he feels like. And in a similar fashion to Trump, he can just... He even bites people on stage, and people are like, oh, that was adorable. Look at him. Oh, it's his wife. I don't care. No, I know. I know. He, he bit someone on stage, and they went, ha, ha, ha. Well, that's, that's Look not... at how cute and loving they are. Yeah, that's adorable. I bite my wife all the time on stage. It's really cool. Her fingers, I just, like that. It's, uh, it's really it's a good creepy way. when I bite my wife on stage because I don't have one. Right. Everyone says, well, that's why. That's why. <laughs> now we know why Matt's not we married. Have one. Yeah, yeah. Who is this woman he's biting? Um, but yeah, but I, it's it's incredible. He is quite possibly going to end up being because this is actually a, a trend towards him he's not trailing off he's actually been picking up steam as the other candidates have have you know kind of trailed off he's actually starting to pick up steam he's getting that joe momentum as i called it before and uh he's uh i knew you missed that um he he's uh you know he's got that joe momentum going and coming out of south carolina with you know seventeen percent, uh, 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 you know if he comes out of there with double digit gains, having won the other three, it's over. Having won New Hampshire, where Bernie and 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 Liz are in the the neighboring neighboring states of Massachusetts and Vermont, it's over. There's no way he's not going to then you know carry Super Tuesday and become the nominee. Meaning that the Republicans and Democrats will be putting up some of the absolute hated candidate especially joe biden who is uniquely hated by the left uh outside of uh, of the other candidates so uh you know matt the only thing really that could possibly stop joe uh or the only thing that um you know that could possibly stop joe is if his you know his other opponents actually stopped fighting and 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 you know, and, and, and started working together. The, the only thing that could keep Joe from getting more momentum or the only thing that could uh, allow Joe to get more momentum is if his opponents just started picking fights with each other. Well, oddly enough, just the other day, the Elizabeth Warren camp accused Bernie Sanders of saying a woman can't win the presidency at an event where she announced her campaign. Bernie denies this and says that staff members who weren't even at the event shouldn't be spreading these vicious lies. And he's always supported women in politics. Yeah, this is Bernie Sanders pictured here, pictured here telling Liz Warren that uh, that she'll never be president. Now, of course, it gets worse, Matt. Uh, The following day, uh, Liz Warren tweeted, uh, I'm also incredibly disappointed to report that in 2011, prior to my Senate campaign, Bernie Sanders told me during a private meeting that a Native American could never win in the state of Massachusetts. Uh, then he punched me in the mouth and called me a bitch. Um, it got, it, it's getting bad, Matt. It's getting bad. It's getting rough. It is, it is getting bad. Like, we, we know that many of you out there watch us for Demageddon. And yeah. we apologize that we are not bringing you Demageddon, whatever number we're up for. Yes. Uh, but we got tired of... Facing perma bans on social media, yeah, right. So uh, there was really no way for us to do it uh, without proper marketing, right? Because we'd yeah. only be able to do it on float. We'd only be we, able to do it on float, right? And we did not plan ahead for this one because both of us have had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, Spike, I, you may know is running for vice president. I'm running for vice president. Vice president. 
of the United States of America. This makes it official. Someone printed this on something. Um, and uh, I was proudly walking around the convention, but more on that later. Matt, this is a, a news program. This Although is I am the news now. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that's the first time anybody has ever referred to us as a news as program. As a news program. We're austere August reporting program here. Um, <laughs> but uh, actually, but I'm the news now. Kind of. I'm making news. You are making news. I am. How could I not? Being a 2020 vice presidential candidate, not be making news. Matt, by the way, I'd like to apologize for the fact that there's a little bit of, you might notice a little jiggle. bit of shuffle there, a little bit of jiggle there. Uh, I am set up in my uh, cousin's house in Atlanta, and uh, we couldn't, I did not bring all of my equipment because I'm very smart. And so I have to have my um, webcam instead of on the mount that I usually have it on, I have it on my laptop. And so when I move, the laptop moves and this moves, but I'm very comfortable. Well, that's good. I've literally the entire time been waiting to say to you, Spike, do you have any fries to go with that shake? Ooh, I do. I'm, I'm wiggling and a jiggling. Commence the jiggling. Um, so completely lost track of what we're doing. Oh yeah. So let's just break down this Liz Warren, Bernie Sanders thing for a second. Sure. Ber- Bernie Sanders has a record. He's a politician. He's certainly been caught lying. Yes. He has a record of being an unrepentant socialist, which yes. now is somewhat popular, but for the first 30 years he's been doing it, was not popular. It was deci- yes. it was actually closer to 40 years, was decidedly unpopular and did not make him any friends. Uh, and he did that knowing that, you know, it, the vast majority of Americans would hate him. Liz Warren has a history of lying about lots of things. Everything. Yeah. Her race, her heritage, her background, where her children go to school. Where her children go to school. She pretends that she just day drinks in her kitchen to her husband's <laughs> absolute horror. <laughs> no, I don't want a beer. It's 9 a.m., Liz. He walks in. Hey, honey, I'm glad you're here in our kitchen. My as my husband, and says, "Would you like a beer?" And he's like, "No, no, it's brunch time." And and well, uh, it's just, brunch time. I get it, but that was breakfast. That wasn't brunch. Yeah, you don't drink beer at breakfast. No, you wait until uh, brunch. You wait until brunch for that. That's that's the that's the as uh, as Liz would say. That's the that's the native way. She'd never say that, but the um. You know, she's, she's been caught lying so many times. Is it possible that he said this however many months ago? Sure. Is there any particular reason that she would wait to bring it up now, right yes. before the Iowa primaries? So we're going to get into the impeachment and everything going on a little bit later, but somebody actually brought up an interesting point. Um, we're coming into the Iowa primaries. Okay. February 3rd, I think is when they're, um, that's a good question. The Iowa, pri- the Iowa primary, I believe is February 3rd. Now yeah. of the people who are on stage tonight, you've got, Liz Warren, Bernie Sanders, 
Amy Klobuchar. Mm-hmm. I think those are the only three that are still sitting senators. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Corey's gone and and uh, Kamala's gone. Right. So half of the field is going to be back in D.C. for the impeachment trial, and they cannot leave until the impeachment trial is over. Right. Somebody brought up a point, and I'm not going to say that this is what happened or this okay. is what is happening. Okay. But it's just it's it's an interesting point. Hmm? Why would Nancy Pelosi have waited until three weeks before the Iowa caucus to give the impeachment uh, articles of impeachment to the Senate? Well, you know, my theory, Matt, is that Nancy Pelosi wants Donald Trump to get reelected. True. Others have the theory that she wants Biden to be the nominee. Oh, which is another way of saying that she wants Donald Trump to get reelected. I don't think it really matters which one of them gets nominated, but you know uh, what? That's probably true. I, I I will say this. I think I think Sanders or Buttigieg might give him a run for his money. Joe Biden completely cancels out almost every accusation they have against Trump. You know, Buttigieg, Buttigieg uh, won't give him a run for his money because he will not get the black vote. That's po- well, unless he had a black VP. But I, the, the the bottom line, I mean, first of all, let's be clear: Vermin Supreme and I are getting elected, so it doesn't really matter what these people are going to do. I mean, let's just back up for a second and acknowledge the fact that what the what what these these third party people do is kind of irrelevant. But we talk about it on the news because you know this is a news program. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> You know, I will never stop laughing at that. I'm, I'm going to just keep saying it because I, I, I like the engagement we're getting from it. Um, so every time I say it, our viewership goes up. So I'm definitely going to keep saying that we are, in fact, no, it went down just now. It's a news pro- we're, we're but we are a news program. Um, yeah, it's a, I, I'm not sure what. Like a, a Bill Clinton hand for that. Oh, I've been doing this all the last two weeks. You, you're going to see a lot of pictures out there of me like. We're a reputable news station. We are a news program. We do the news here. We're a news program. We're a news Um, program here. So yeah, I don't know what Pelosi's thinking. I don't know what Warren's thinking. I know that all of this helps Joe Biden and therefore Trump and therefore Vermin Supreme. Uh, Speaking of helping Vermin Supreme, uh, in Iran, that wasn't a good segue, uh, last (laughs) Wednesday, Donald Trump took to the the airwaves and the microphones, and stated that he has decided that Iran's missile attack on Iraqi bases where U.S. troops were stationed was their attempt to de-escalate the situation and that there would be no retaliation. And one of us called that, right? Yeah, that'd be me. Yep, you called that. Matt, yeah. Matt Wright. 100% accurate in my predictions for going to war. Proving once again that if you want to know what's going to happen in a week or two, watch this show. We are not only yeah. a news program, we are also a prognostication program. Right. We're the Nostradamus of news. The Nostradamus. The Nostradamus. Of, of news of, programs. Of news programs. 
Yep. So yes. since then, there have been no more attacks from either from either nation, Matt. That's true. From either nation, of course. There is always that. Okay, so you see, our government may have been a little less than honest to us about the so-called eminent threat. Oh my God. Now what? What do they do now, Matt? So, it appears as though, based on the words of former National Security Council under George W. Bush, William M. Bowden, the strike was technically legally covered under war on terror laws, but he also said that the president had a casual relationship with the truth. Fun fact, uh, the authorization that is being used was originally authorized in 2001 under the authorization of use of military force, which was voted for by a few people, including someone named Lincoln Chafee. And it, hopefully we never hear from him again. Matt? Uh, Defense Secretary Mike Esper told CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday that he didn't see specific intelligence pointing to an imminent threat to four embassies, while adding that he agreed with Trump in the sense that his expectation was they were going to go after our embassies. That's different from an imminent threat. That is different than an imminent threat. Yeah. Um, Now, what they're saying is... Very true. Mike Pompeo came out also. I thought I put that in the notes, but Mike Pompeo came out also and he stated, just look at what they were doing to the embassies in Baghdad. That shows that they were going to do something imminent. But it has come out that no, there was no imminent threat. There was potential threats. There was not imminent threats. And, oh, what's that other thing? Trump ordered the assassination seven months ago. Oh. So this had nothing to do with an imminent threat. No. In fact, what it looks like is that the assassination was ordered several months ago. After it was carried out, after it was carried out, I believe, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe Mike Pompeo was the first person to use the terms imminent threat. And then it became, was this retaliation for the embassy in Baghdad? Was this because of an imminent threat? And where they made the mistake was saying imminent. Was this an imminent threat? Or right. why did you order it seven months ago? And now you're using these as your excuses. Um, well, and that's what it sounds like. They, they wanted this done as recently as six, seven months ago with the idea that the first opportunity the first pretext they could come up with it to actually do it, not just do it out of nowhere, they would do that. So yeah. they did that. And then Iran, not wanting to start a whole, you know, war, uh, uh, did uh, their, their government launched, you know, a, a handful of missiles at what appeared to be, you know, as empty a target as they could find. Trump took that as them not wanting to go any further. And now, thankfully, it looks like more than likely... We're not going to be going to war. So he was able to pull off his attack of killing a foreign military leader and not trigger a broader military conflict. So that's a good thing. 
And it's especially good for Trump because odds are, since he was able to do this, he's probably not going to get any negative political feedback from any more than he would for doing anything. I mean, just right. there are going to be people that are going to have negative feedback to anything he does. So true. That's but, good. I mean, this, it's not, this isn't going to be, Oh, you did like, you can't use this against him in the election during the campaign. Right. Right, right, say, right. Oh, you killed the number two guy that we've all kind of been calling a terrorist. You, you, you killed that guy and you didn't get us into war. Which like, is, you can't use it. Right. And that's the thing, because both the American and Democratic sides have bought into the bedrock of American politics, uh, political culture, which is that American troops can go anywhere on Earth at any time and kill anyone they want, even noncombatants, even children. And if anyone even tries to fight back so that they don't get killed, they get labeled a terrorist. Now, obviously, Soleimani was a bad guy, too. But he's not what we, but ultimately he was engaging in essentially preemptive defensive action against a country that is occupying almost every country they border and also uh, overthrew their government in 1953 and uh, shot down one of their civilian airplanes in 1988 and has just in general been doing everything they can to try to destabilize. Yeah, the Iranian government and the Iranian economy ever since then with sanctions and, and everything else. So this is not something that happened in a vacuum. But because the Democrats are every bit as much a part of that as the Republicans are, it's hard for them to now say, oh, well, you shouldn't have done that. Now, for libertarians, we can say, hey, told you so. We should, should have never been there. The best thing we can do is leave. Unfortunately, that is not the popular opinion. The popular opinion is that the U.S. troops can go anywhere, kill anyone, and no one's allowed to fight back. It's similar to how a lot of people think about the police. The police can go anywhere, do whatever they want to anyone, and if anyone resists that, they're a criminal and deserve whatever they get. Team America. Some would call it bootlicking. I certainly wouldn't do that because that's not that's a divisive statement. And I don't make divisive statements like that or divisive ones. Anybody who believes that has not watched enough of our show. Matt, just to drive home how non-divisive we were, uh, during the, was it just, it was right after the show, right? I can't, like, it may have been happening, it may have happened while we were on the air. So sometime last Tuesday evening, uh, a Ukrainian civilian flight crashed in Iran. Uh, Originally, that's what we were told, they crashed in Iran. Of course, it seemed pretty suspicious that a Ukrainian flight would just crash in Iran. Uh, Most of the passengers were Iranian. Uh, and of course, this is a, you know, just to show that we're not pro-Iranian government. We aren't pro any government. All governments lie. This is a perfect example of that. It did not crash. Iran shot it down as it was flying from their airport, from the, I guess, Tehran airport. Showing just how on edge the Iranian government was. They were waiting for anything to fly from the sky and if it didn't immediately line up with whatever they thought was supposed to be there, they shot it down without question. And unfortunately, uh, that ended up being a Ukrainian flight um, that got shot down. So, yep. very sad. For, for a growing number of Iran's critics, the events uh, have revealed a government that is incapable of following through on its incendiary rhetoric and willing to mislead its own people about a national tragedy in order to avoid embarrassment. 
now people are out protesting in the streets. Students chanting, they are lying that our enemy is America, our enemy is right here. And they're probably about 50% right. They are. And it's actually an interesting thing. So you have protesters in the state saying no war with Iran. You have students in the streets in Iran saying no war with America. And yet you have two governments that are in this constant level of brinksmanship. And I would argue that the U.S. government is the is largely the aggressor. But regardless, you have two governments that are in this constant state of war. Now, I am an anarchist. Four weeks. I don't know. Last time I said that. Um, it's been I, a while. It has been a while. I, I as an anarchist. Now, you, now you're a libertarian running for vice president. So you like you've toned down on I'm an anarchist. Well, I'm an anarchist. I'm running as an anarchist. I just don't say it as much because you would time it. Uh, this is a perfect example of what happens with governments in charge. You have two governments that are creating war and creating sanctions and creating brinksmanship and all of this different stuff when the actual people who live in the two countries, for the most part, really don't have any beef with each other. Even the, 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 the people over here who are bloodthirsty for war with Iran, at the end of the day, they're upset that people are killing U.S. troops. Well, if the U.S. troops weren't there, they wouldn't be getting killed. And we could right. just go there and visit, and they could come and visit, and we could have trade with each other and all be doing much better and not be getting robbed to pay for militaries to fight each other for no real good reason. So this is a perfect example of that. And I think the students that are protesting over there are right. Because someone asked me recently, you know, who do I think is right? The American protesters or the Iranian protesters? And I said, ultimately, they're both protesting the same thing. They're government. They're both right. Government sucks. Right. So I agree with both of them. And uh, I guess members of the uh, press in Iran have quit on live TV apologizing for lying to the viewers for all these years. Wouldn't that be great if they did that here, Matt? Could you imagine... Like you get Tucker Carlson in the middle of a show and Just he's sitting and there and he's staring at you all Tucker Carlson dumbfounded just like hmm. and he's just like I have to be honest we've been lying to you I'm out and he just gets up and goes like that would be great I'd like to see a lot of that unfortunately they get paid a lot more here they get paid a lot yeah they get paid a lot and they're only told what to say by the people who give them money as opposed to their government directly by uh, the government. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, like it is right now what's going on in Iran is equally as engaging as what's happening in Hong Kong. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Iran having a sordid history with protesters. Not the best of histories. Right. With protesters. Not pleased with these protests. So our president, the guy who lied about imminent threats, took to Twitter, as he does, in Persian. I just can't even imagine what that says. Do we know what that says? It is down at the bottom. Oh, I thought that was a completely different tweet. I think that's what it is down at the bottom. Oh. The Bearded Truth made these. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, So he said, assuming that's the same thing, it says National Security Advisor suggested today that sanctions and protests have Iran choked off will force them to negotiate. 
Actually, I couldn't care less if they negotiate. We'll be totally up to them, but no nuclear weapons and don't kill your protesters. So the best way to help protesters is to shut off their ability to sell things or to buy things and hurt them economically. Right. That'll show him. That'll show him. That'll show him. I just love that he did it in like, does Donald Trump think his tweets are getting through to Iran? What, in Farsi? No. No, I strongly doubt. Isn't Twitter one of the things that isn't even allowed in Iran? Like, Iran has, like, a ton of social media that isn't even... I I would imagine that they have a lot of blocks on what can be... I think they have Twitter, but I think they have a lot of blocks on what can be seen. And I'm assuming that any major leader in America is blocked. Both Facebook and Twitter... Uh, have been blocked since well Twitter's been blocked since 09 uh, and at least since 2013 Twitter and Facebook have been blocked there was a brief period where it uh, it went back online due to, to a technical glitch but it's been it's been back offline ever since so yeah there's no there's no uh, 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 you, you no one is seeing this in Farsi in in Iran. Right. So that but, was that was for American consumption. But 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 most importantly we are not in any new war. And we told you that here. Yeah. We told you that was not going to happen. We're not going to be in a new war. We're not going to be in a new war. First of all, here's here's a big reason why we're not going to go to war in Iran or with Iran or however anyone wants to say it. Iran actually would have a decent shot fighting back. Would they lose? Sure, yeah. Would it be like the invasion of Iran or Afghanistan where, you know, a few hundred or a few dozen soldier US troops died in the in the pro- no. No, Iran has a much more developed military, uh, and they also would get support from the Russian and Chinese governments if if it came to that. So this is not the U.S. does not want war with Iran, and and if and when Iran develops nukes, then things will change quite a bit because uh, then they'll actually have to negotiate with Iran, which is why personally. I think it's better, the, the more countries have nuclear weapons, which seems counterintuitive, but it, it's in the similar strain with uh, people having guns. The more people have guns, the more people are less likely to start something with someone because they might have a gun. That's they true. don't want to get shot. So the same logic on a different scale applies here. No one really wants to die in a nuclear holocaust. The more countries have nukes, the more people back off. The reason we had a Cold War, the reason World War III was largely a Cold War and not a hot war like World War II and World War I where tens of millions of people died was because the two main uh, uh, antagonists had nukes. If only one of them had had nukes, World War III would have been billions of people dead. But because two of them had nukes on opposing sides... The numbers were markedly lower, even though it went on far longer. And now we're in World War IV, which is the never-ending war against small 
low power country uh, uh, governments and you know third party terror groups and things like that, where the numbers are not great, but the the the, the body counts aren't great, but they're better than they've been in the past. Once everyone has nukes, it goes even lower because now no one wants to fight or even have the potential of a fight. You have countries that have hotlines with each other, even though they're actively in, 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 in you know, threats of war against each other, they have hotlines with each other just to make sure there aren't any misunderstandings in case something accidentally pops off. That's how much people don't want to fight. So that is why plank number three of the Spike Cohen Vermin Supreme verbal agreement for an even better America is legalization of recreational plutonium. So speaking of impeachment. Oh, b- before we do impeachment, guys, okay. we know that every week we have the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, call and requests. Mm-hmm. Some weeks, Chris doesn't have questions for us, but that doesn't mean you can't have questions for us. Chris just sponsors the segment. Yeah. If you go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters, you can send in your own questions and we will answer them. We will on answer the them. Yep. You have heard some of the questions that we have answered on the air. We'll answer pretty much anything. Yeah, be sure to be sure to leave your questions. We have been asked about narwhal sex. And we answered that in painful detail. We did. For like an hour. Yes, we did. So, any for the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment, feel free to ask us anything. That's right. Ask us and whatever you want. We, we will, will answer anything. As long as it uh, does not incriminate us, we will answer anything. We are against sex with animals. I just want to underscore that. So, Matt, speaking of impeachment... Humans are animals. Well, humans having sex with animals. Animals having sex with animals, I mean... Some well, of my business. Right, but humans are animals. Sex with non-human animals. There you go. Human, non-human sex. We prefer the species, you know, call us old-fashioned. <laughs> You're not into intraspecies sex? Call us bigots, but uh, me personally, I like my sex to remain within the species, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. I think you do. By the way, this is wrong. I'm not in Muddy Beach, South Carolina. I'm actually in Mudlanta. You are in Mudlanta. You are in Mudlanta. Mudlanta, uh, Georgia. Speaking so speaking of, of impeachment. <laughs> uh, the House will vote tomorrow to send Trump impeachment articles to Senate, which is a very weird sentence to say. <laughs> that is just a weird sentence yeah, to bre- say. Yeah, break down what that means, Matt. So when I read that, I was very confused because I kind of figured that's what the entire impeachment process was. One would think. One would think. But the vote is on whether or not to send the article is whether or not to send the articles and to appoint impeachment managers. Now, the impeachment managers. At first, I was like, are these people who are just going to sit there and watch the trial and be like, no, no, you're. Like a bunch You're of doing Karen. it wrong, yeah. You suck. Yeah. Like, could you imagine Eric Swalwell sitting there in the back Farting. with a notebook, and he's like, uh, "Excuse me, Ted. 
uh, this is not how you do it. Yeah. And, Excuse me, you guys are not doing it right. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, congressional rules apply, specify that uh, managers, impeachment managers, are members of the House whose roles are similar to prosecutors are tasked with presenting the case for impeachment to the Senate. Now, my question is, there are many a people who are in the house who may be called to testify. Including the managers, possibly. Now, would the managers be, would that make it so they would not be able to testify because they are part of the defense prosecuting team? God, what a mess. Is this even something that's, I mean, I know they make up the rules every time they do an impeachment because it doesn't really get specific on how it works. But is, the, is there, I, I don't know if you know this, is there precedent to this having managers? First of all, well, yes. well oh, there is? Okay. There, there is precedent to that. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not, so it says congressional rules apply to the managers. And I don't know if that is something that came with the Bill Clinton or the Andrew Johnson. Okay. But... Yeah, so there there is they precedent. present the case for impeachment. Okay, right. so guys, just to back up a little bit, if you'll recall, the House voted to impeach Donald Trump on like, what two two different two different articles, right? Yeah, obstruction yeah, so they, of justice or obstruction of Congress and something else. I can't remember. Yeah, something else. And so they voted to impeach him. They were then supposed to, Nancy Pelosi was then supposed to submit those articles to the Senate. She has not. We're not 100% sure why, but she hasn't. Begging the question, has Donald Trump been impeached? We're not 100% certain. It's kind of one of those depends on who you ask type things. Right. So now they're going to vote on whether or not to submit the thing that they already voted to do, which should have been submitted. So this is like if we all vote on whether to get pizza or hot wings and everyone votes for hot wings. And then I come back a month later and say, okay, let's vote on whether I call the hot wing place. That's what this is. And meanwhile, everybody's just starving for hot wings. Everyone's just everyone just wants hot wings. And I'm like, okay, but but we need hot wing managers. But saying but saying like, okay, we already voted to do this. Let's vote again. This again underscores my theory that Nancy Pelosi wants Joe Biden to be the nominee so that the two worst possible nominees candidates are the the candidates for the republicans and democrats therefore paving the way for vermin supreme and 2020 vice presidential candidate spike cohen so to be your next president and vice president so thanks nancy so theoretically tomorrow when they vote on this Mm -hmm. they could vote not to send the articles of impeachment no that would be the worst for this entire thing. Do you think that'll happen? I don't, but I mean, there, I mean, there's a chance. 
<laughs> there, there is a chance oh, that could happen, and that. that oh would... my gosh! Can you imagine? Holy hell! I, like, and granted, the, the, there's a small chance that it happens. Like, they're going to vote to send it. Like, I, I absolutely, I, I can't see how they wouldn't. Yeah, how they wouldn't. But God, if they didn't, I would love. For that to happen <laughs> just for the just for the and we're i mean impeach trump all the way and 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 pence impeach everyone down to you know the 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 guy who you know who uh licks the envelopes whatever like but but just the hilarity of that Ooh, or what if they voted to submit it and she still didn't right and she's still like yeah i know you said to but i just don't like i don't like who's who would be doing it right I just don't like the fact that the Republicans aren't going along with how we want this to be run. That would I can't decide which would be funnier. If I they voted think. not to do it or if they voted to do it and she still didn't. And then she'd say, okay, now I'm going to call a vote on if, you, if you're sure. So like when you're on your computer and you like go to delete something and it says, are you sure? They're going to have, this is actually that. This is the are you sure. The and then there'd be like a sure second minute. one. Or like, you know, when it's something really like crucial and it's like a system memory thing and you have to actually like write, I agree, and then do it. This would be yet a third thing where they'd have to vote yet again if they really meant fully understanding the consequences that they really meant to say, yes, please uh, submit these. And then she still doesn't do it. Shane Ogden, uh, I'm guessing came in a little late, but she's waiting for the campaign to heat up so that Sanders and Warren have to come off the trail, giving creepy Joe his turn as the nominee. And we did, we discussed that earlier in the show. That is a possibility. That is a very strong possibility that that is kind of what her plan was. Yeah. She's going to be pulling these people out. So that two two of the four front runners, so She's that be- Joe, who was leading in the polls, not just nationally, but in the first four primary states, has a clear field to lose to me in Vermin Supreme. Right. Um, this is a news program. Shane, you're fine. We don't mind repeating stuff. We do it yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. We, we repeat ourselves all the time. All the so time. that's all the time. So that's now, not a problem. Republicans in the Senate getting very excited <laughs> getting very excited about this mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell like he's been he's been doing so much blow recently you can't even understand what he's saying <laughs> um, <laughs> his 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 uh his aggression flap comes out quite a bit now he just, yeah he gone. looks like a he looks like a, the the dinosaur in Jurassic Park <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, but just here. But yeah, right. Just it's in just, the bottom of like a blow frog. Right. That would have probably been a better one. Um yeah, he's like It's a bullfrog. Right. The, I can't even I, do it. How I, I, how can you make air go into here? I can't do it. He uh he, he reminds me of the guy who died because of gluttony in seven when he gets all angsty. But again, um, just here. Well, yeah, so that guy. <laughs> right, right, right. Grew up right here. Right, right. 
Rand Paul tweeted uh, recently that he would force Hunter Biden to testify, which the Democrats refused to have him come in on the uh, on the original House proceeding impeachment proceedings in the House. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ted Cruz is looking forward to calling uh, all of the witnesses, just all of them, just everybody. If you've ever talked with anybody involved, Ted Cruz is like, yeah, let's bring him in. Let's do this. The funny thing is I can't tell if it would be better for Republicans to just kill this thing as soon as it came in and be like, look at all that mess just for us to kill it. Or if it's the, in the, their best interest to drag it out endlessly and, 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 thereby, and, and, and put as many uh, witnesses they can grandstand on to make it look as much of a witch hunt as they can or whatever and just drag it on for you know months and have, you know, basically have the Joe Biden's main competitors out of the race dealing with this, you know, dealing with the Republican-led uh, defense against this impeachment to make it look like it was all just a sham. I, I tend to think that's probably the better thing than to just kill it right away, right, Matt? I would not, yeah, I definitely would not kill it right away because if you kill it right away, the optics are going to be, we went through this entire impeachment proceedings right. in the house. Like we, we, we took our time. We did it right. Blah, blah, blah. And they just killed it. Right. They killed it immediately. They put it up for a vote and killed it. Now, if you start calling all of the witnesses, right. Right. It's you're, they're not going to be able to say they just did this to kill it. Instead. They're like, Oh, well no, now you're witch hunting our people. Uh, <laughs> Witch hunt our people. Somebody to counter witch hunt. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so instead you're going to be, if either way the optics aren't great, but the optics are so much better if you actually call all of, like John Bolton needs to get called. He has to be called. Right. And Trump did say that he would block that. That is funny. Trump said he would block it. So. But you need to call, like, call Hunter Biden, call uh, Adam Schiff, call uh, the whistleblower, Eric Chiaramella, or whatever. Uh, Call all of them. But also call everybody else. Because I don't, I'm pretty certain that anybody watching our show is pretty well informed. Um, Because we're a news program. Right, because we're a news program. Right. And every single impeachment testimony that there was, it was, did you witness the president doing anything wrong? No, but I heard it from so-and-so and so-and-so, or I heard it from other people who were there, but nobody who was there said it. So call everybody, call everybody, drag it out. That's a good point. I mean, the end result doesn't change. You're not going to change the mind of all the Republicans. No, you're not going to change the mind of Republicans or Democrats. You're not going to to do any of that. You're really just going to present optics for that slim, slim group of people in the middle who aren't sure what to make of it. And what you're also going to do is hurt the Democrats on an electoral level because you're taking out, you know, some of their biggest competitors and clearing the way for the one that has the least, the softest support, uh, Joe Biden. I mean, they will be able to slam Biden endlessly with this stuff. And we'll see if it sticks. I, I do think he'll be weaker. I think that he's he's tiring. 
Um, and I think that, it, you know, they'll be able to spend the next several months making this look like a witch hunt and further inoculating Trump to any kind of accusations. Now, of course, the Supreme Cohen administration will stop the congressional witch hunts by actually hunting Congress with real witches. And that has always been that has always been a promise of ours. Actual witches hunting in Congress uh, with pitchforks. So no matter what, I do think that it's best for the Senate to drag it out for literally as long as you possibly can. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And so it's 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 assumed that uh, the trial, that the hearing will start on Tuesday after the MLK Jr. weekend, which fun fact, up until... For, mo for most of my childhood, I did not know that MLK Day was a thing. Yeah. Because growing, yeah, growing up in Virginia, it wasn't MLK Day. What was? Oh, God, yeah. It was Lee Jackson King Day. It was Lee Jackson King Day, and you were celebrating Robert E. Lee, Stonewall Jackson, and Martin Luther King on the same day. <laughs> So I had no idea up until I left the state. Because I said, somebody said, it's Martin Luther King Day. And I was like, you mean Lee Jackson King Day? And they looked at me like I was the devil. What a pairing that is, huh? But they did change that recently. Um, and now Friday is Lee Jackson Day. And Monday is Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Day. That would be an interesting. That's quite a weekend. That is quite a weekend. That is quite a weekend in Virginia. That's, that's quite a long weekend there. They should have a, a biker rally there just to make it a little bit, little bit less horrific. That's when Unite the Right gets back together in Charlottesville. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'll be Unite the Right 2 is on Friday. Uh, followed by a Black Lives Matter picnic on Monday. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Wow. So, yeah, so that is what has gone on there. Yes. And now it is time to talk about Vermin Spike. Nope. Not not about that. Talk about the Vermin Spike 2020 campaign update featuring me. Where's my thing? 2020 vice presidential candidate Spike Cohen. I'm gonna have one of these for Georgia too. Am I get, am I getting a name tag in Georgia or am I just there? I can try to get you a name name tag. Mm. I can try to get for you any, a name tag. For anybody who uh, is in Georgia, Spike and I will both be at the Georgia LP convention this weekend. Yep, the uh, Libertarian Party or LPGA, but we don't call it that because then people get confused. Um, We're sued. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Libertarian Party of Georgia convention which this year is at, it's in Douglasville, Georgia, at the, at the, where is it? Where is it? This just says where it is, but I'd like to know where it is. This just says what's happening, but it didn't actually say, oh, it's at the Douglasville Conference Center in Douglasville, Georgia, on the 18th uh, and 19th. Uh, there's also going to be a uh, debate 
uh, featuring the, the different presidential candidates. And they're going to have a fun way of doing that, Matt. So they have 13 presidential candidates. And rather than having 13 presidential candidates up there, they're going to give each of them a few minutes to speak to the audience. And then the audience is going to vote on the ones that they want to see. And the top six vote-getters are going to be the ones who get to actually debate. And the other seven will not. And so it's a it's a good way there to, to clear out the field. So we'll see whose feelings get hurt on... Because uh, most of them will not be debating. Uh, so that's happening in Georgia. Uh, but I had a... So campaign update for me. I had a very interesting weekend. Uh, Vermin Supreme uh, won the uh, New Hampshire vice presidential uh, primary uh, or pre- preferential poll, whatever. It's a non-binding primary, but it's still a primary in New Hampshire on Saturday. And uh, I won of all the people that are still running. Uh, John Phillips Jr. actually won it. Uh, but uh, also on that weekend, later that, that same day, uh, Kim Ruff and John Phillips announced that they were suspending their campaign and Kim announced that she was endorsing me for vice president. So I am now essentially running the only person running for VP. Making me, I assume, the presumptive front runner or nominee. <laughs> Which is not what I expected to happen by January. That'd be a little harder. You know... In a year and a half of doing Muddied Waters Media, my fellow Americans, Muddied Waters Media, and my mm-hmm. Muddied Waters of Freedom, you've taken it to new new steps. Like you've hit new echelons for anybody who's ever been on this show. I'm definitely I'm definitely a, 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 a an overachiever right now. <laughs> Things are happening very very quickly. Uh, the woman who was, by many uh, measures, the possibly the front runner or definitely one of the top two or three competitors dropped out and said she'd like me to be the vice president. We even had a handoff ceremony where she handed off Tyler Smith, who was one of her directors to be my campaign manager because now I have a campaign manager because this is a serious thing and I am probably going to end up taking Bill Weld's spot from 2016. (laughs) You'll, your name will be mentioned in such high regard as Bill Well and Joe Jorgensen and Judge Jim Gray and Spike Cohen and Spike Cohen. Very interesting things happening much more quickly than I anticipated. So we will see how things go. Uh, but I am increasingly becoming the consensus candidate across the board. Across the board. Across the board consensus candidate. So. Oh, so I got to meet Lincoln Chafee. Oh, yeah. And so for those who don't know, how is he? His campaign manager wouldn't let me near him Hmm. um, to answer that. And it happened after this speech I'm about to show you. Um, so I gave the speech and then he came over after he gave his speech, uh, to talk to me and Kyle Labor, where we informed him what shall not be infringed meant. And he responded by saying he didn't like 
the questions that Kennedy was answering him, which apparently is what shall not be infringed means to him. So for anybody who doesn't know what that is in reference to, yes. because not everybody watches Fox Business or catches every video that goes across our feed. Right. Lincoln Chafee showed up on Kennedy on Fox Business. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy is for all intents and purposes, is a pretty staunch libertarian. Yeah, she's pretty straight. I mean, I, I wouldn't call her a, she's not a radical, but she's, she's, she's definitely about as libertarian as cable news will allow. Yep. Right. And she asked him a series of yes, no questions. Yeah. The first one was, should all drugs be legal for adults? Yep. I believe that was how she said it. Should yeah, all something drugs like be that. Yeah. Yep. And he said, no. No. And she went, hmm, okay. And then she said, should sex be legal? Should all sex be legal between two consenting adults, even if money's being exchanged? And he said, yes. He did say yes to that, yes. He did say yes to that. Beating Joe Jorgensen. Be- yeah. Sure. If, I mean, he already said no to the drugs, so I mean, I'm not really right, sure. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, it's downhill. <laughs> and, and it continues to go downhill after that. And then... I think there was another question that I don't remember. And then she asked. Uh, she asked, uh, "Should uh, would you agree with cutting taxes by at least 50%? And he, said, and he said, only if we also cut spending. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. And then she said, should people have a right to carry AR-15s? To which he never said yes and he never said no. He started he talking about Iraq and hemming and hawing. Literally hemming and hawing. He literally went, uh, well, that... Yeah, he... The issues of today aren't as important. You know, we've got people dying in Iraq. And... Yeah. Hmm, uh, hmm, hmm. And it was hmm. not a good look. It was not. For the libertarian party presidential nominee the libertarian party platform is that there should not be any restrictions on firearms ownership period or on any arms ownership it is not up to the government to decide what kind of weapons we can have it's also the platform that all drugs should be legal and that it's none of the government's business what consenting adults choose to put in their bodies so right off the bat he's failing on some of the major stuff there uh, we will see moving forward. Of course, he voted for the Patriot Act. He voted for expanding Medicare and Medicaid. He voted for No Child Left Behind. He voted for, even though he says he, he did vote against the war in Iraq, uh, the only Republican in the Senate to do so. But then he voted for every omnibus that funded it. And he voted for the uh, authorization of use of military force, which was actually the binding justification that the president had to start the war in Iraq. The, the, the vote to authorize it was a non, uh, non-binding vote. Um, and uh, so he had already authorized it. Um, he voted for the warrantless NSA wireless, or the warrantless NSA surveillance program that Edward Snowden uh, apprised us to. So yeah. Uh, so I gave this speech. Uh, I was introduced by the lovely Kim Ruff. Um, and uh, this is the speech that I gave. Oh, and, and to, just to put it in perspective, if you're looking, uh, Lincoln Chafee is off to my left. You don't actually see him, but you'll see me looking at him. And the future is continuing on and ensuring that good candidates get the support they need. I would like to yield the balance of my time to my friend Spike Cohen and permit him to finish out my step. 
Guys, on behalf of the Libertarian and myself, I would like to thank you, the Libertarian Party of Tennessee, for having me here and uh, for giving me this opportunity to speak. Now, I don't have some fancy speech. I'm just a simple man, and I prefer to speak from the heart. <laughs> I want to tell you that we're facing difficult times. We have endless war, endless infringement on our lives, our rights, and our property. We have endless taxation and endless debt, uh, endless debt spending to pay for it. But we also are dealing, we have an unprecedented opportunity. But first let me tell you a little bit about myself, so that you can see where I'm coming from. I am literally Spike Miller. I am from the Little Beach area. Uh, I had a website design company for the better part of 20 years. And a few years ago I decided to end that and focus my life instead on my true passion, which is sharing the message of freedom, liberty, self-ownership, and non-aggression. Uh, thank you. Uh, that's a good I, uh, that culminated with my becoming the co-owner of Money Waters Media, the uh, co-host of the Money Waters Media, and the host of My Fellow Americans. And in the last two years of doing two weekly live libertarian podcasts, I've learned two things. One, how to talk in front of people live right now. Uh, and two, how to spread the message of liberty to a public that is often afraid of freedom. Now, the duopoly, or I like to call them the Republicrats, have really overplayed their hands in this cycle. They are about to present the two most horrific candidates in recent memory. Donald Trump and whichever one of those Democrats gets the nomination. Uh, yeah, so uh, we know from the last election cycle that somewhere around 46% of eligible voters did not vote. If their non-vote had counted, none of the above would have won in a landslide in every single state. And of many of that 54% of voters, of those who voted Republican or Democrat, a lot of them were just holding their noses and voting for whichever candidate seemed, you know, less toxic to them. So we know we have the chips stacked against us, from the President to the Congress to the FEC, down to the State Election Boards, to the uh, Commission on Presiden Presidential Debates, uh, the mainstream corporate media. We know that this system is set up to shut us out as much as humanly possible. This system is a joke. So what do we do? That's the fun part. As Vermont Supreme's running mate, I get asked, Next, the following two questions from our critic, critics, quite a bit. Number one, what the hell are you doing? And number two, why the hell are so many people joining you in doing this? Well, the answer to that, and the reason why I think Herman is the best pick for us, is very simple. We are capturing the public's imagination, capturing unprecedented amounts of attention from the general public, and then presenting them with the libertarian message, a message of freedom, and of liberty, and of non-aggression, and of self-ownership. Now, I don't have to tell you Herman knows how to get attention. Herman is getting a ton of attention. He was just at the uh, New England College Convention, where he was uh, speaking alongside other big-name uh, uh, presidential candidates. He was not only the only libertarian invited, 
He was the only third-party candidate invited. No one else there was a Democrat. Tulsi Gabbard was there. I think Sire was there. He was also interviewed yesterday on Insider Magazine, which has a reach of 80 million followers. Now, folks, all the attention in the world is great. Here we go. But it's not enough. <laughs> what is the point of going on, oh, I don't know, say, Kennedy on Fox Business, if you're going to go there to say that you're not going to end the drug war, or even refuse to say whether Americans should own an AR-15 or not? As I hear often, that makes the party look like a joke. When Fermi gets people's attention, he captures their imagination with his well-known satire, and then he actually starts spreading the libertarian message to them. He takes that opportunity to give them the most empathetic and most powerful message, the libertarian message. You own yourself. No one has the right to harm you, your life, your rights, or your property, and we will stand beside you and fight against anyone who tries to do that to you. I'm also trying to do my part, both on my shows and on talking on uh, uh, talk radio and podcasts, and also by meeting people in person. Uh, Tom Arnold, uh, thank you again, Tom, mentioned the Pound the Pavement Tour, uh, something that was set up by it's the brainchild of a man named Brent DeRitter. He is the uh, vice chair of the Libertarian Party of North Carolina. Remember his name because he will more than likely end up being the chair of the party. He is an absolute superman. He came up with this idea called the Pound Pavement Tour. And what Pound Pavement is, is, and we started it in Wilmington, North Carolina, we go into some of the poorest and most marginalized communities in this country. We knock on their doors and we share with them our message, the libertarian message, an unvarnished message of freedom. Jacob was there as well, and when we went, this was more of a proof of concept this time around. We weren't really sure if it would work. We had about 15, 20 people, and we didn't know. Would it work? Would people even open their doors for us? Would they be the least bit receptive? The response was overwhelming. Not only were they receptive, not only did they open their doors, they were often completing our sentence. Turns out, lo and behold, we didn't have to tell them that the government was wanting them. We didn't have to tell them that they would be better off if they could be more free. They were the ones telling us that, and it was an amazing opportunity for us to be able to share that. And in that, in that first time, with about 15 volunteers on what was essentially a proof of concept, we signed up 30 people to the Libertarian Party in North Carolina and spoke with hundreds more. Now keep in mind, these were overwhelmingly poor, probably what, 98% black neighborhoods, I mean, overwhelmingly black neighborhoods. These were people that were telling us that they either held their nose and voted Democrat, or they didn't vote at all. And we changed the conversation in that neighborhood. It was so successful that we are going to be doing many more of these. Pound Pavement is going to become a regular thing that we are doing. Uh, we're going to be starting in the Carolinas and, and working with and perfecting it there and working with affiliates in other states to spread it around the entire country. Uh, Team Supreme and I are completely behind this. And we'll be doing this, again, starting in the Carolinas and going throughout the country. Uh, Brent was so impressed with our commitment to doing this that he actually has decided to endorse our campaign and join Team Supreme. Uh, so we will definitely we'll be hearing much more about Pound the Pavement. We need someone to capture attention, bottom line. We need someone to get people's attention. Brent Supreme does that in an absolutely fundamental way. 
He is getting the youth and he's getting unaffiliated voters. These are the people that are the most likely to vote third party or to not vote at all. And so this is an unprecedented opportunity for us to ride that to unknown uh, high levels of, of vote counts. Friends, my name is Spike Cohen. Vermont Supreme is my president. And with your support, we will build a coalition of the oppressed, the outraged, the disaffected, the disenfranchised, and we will ride it all the way to the White House. Thank you so much for your time. I'm running for vice president. You are running for vice president. You are running for vice president. I am literally running for vice president. Literally, quite literally. It is a literal run for vice president. So literally, that's what happened literally running for vice president. Literally, literal, literal vice president, literal Spike Cohen. Uh, we picked up some more endorsement. Go ahead. President? What's that? Did that make you the literal Spike president? Spike president. Literally Spike the vice president. It's not the assistant manager. It's the assistant to the manager. So I'm not right. vice president, the, the vice to the president. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we had a really good reception in Tennessee, picked up a lot of, uh, a lot of endorsements there and, uh, now heading, headed, um, to, uh, to Georgia. Uh, Maria Edinburgh, uh, says the only thing I've seen from Vermin Supreme is the satire. So he's a hard sell to me. I totally get that here. Here's the breakdown, Maria, when it comes to Vermin, we say Vermin is the 80% satire, 20% serious candidate. I'm the 80% serious, 20% satire candidate and so we dovetail well together here's what has happened maria so last week uh vermin was in something called and I, I mentioned it in that in that speech he was at something called the new england college convention this is a major convention of uh or conference i forget if it's conference or convention but anyway uh it's called the necc and they have it every uh presidential election cycle where they have big name presidential candidates come and speak to the audience uh donald trump spoke there in 2016 uh, this year it was, I believe, Liz Warren, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Tom Steyer, and I may be forgetting others as well. Vermin Supreme is not only the only libertarian candidate for president who has ever been invited to an NECC, he's the only third-party candidate. He ended the convention. He had the audience eating out of his hands. Now, he did start with satire. He went up and led them in a singing of an uh, anthem that he came up with right then, with a bullhorn. Uh, he then had them chant the alphabet in a very odd order, but he got him. With... Go ahead. Which order was it? it? It was a. It was a very odd order. He then declared war on Narnia. Then, once he had them eating out of the palm of his hands, laughing at everything he had to say, he started talking about the Libertarian Party platform and libertarian principles and the Libertarian Party and why he was running. And having already brought their defenses down, where they had been hearing the same political talk from the same politicians over and over and over and over again, they had a funny man get them to wake up again, people walking back into the room to see what this was all about, and then he talked to them about libertarianism. And he got a much larger audience than any other libertarian candidate could possibly get, precisely because he leads with satire. Whether you agree with that approach or not, the numbers don't lie. 
he's bringing in massive numbers of people that for the first time are actually hearing about libertarianism. And they're not being exposed to it where the candidate is the butt of the joke, like with Gary Johnson, who you know couldn't say what Aleppo was. This time the candidate is the one telling the joke. And when you have 46% of Americans who do not vote because they think the system's a joke, and you have many more who vote Republican or Democrat based on who they think is the least of the terrible options, they all think it's a joke, and they're treating it like a joke, and now we're going to treat it like the joke it is. And then once we have their attention, we're going to tell them what they need to hear about self-ownership, non-aggression, the libertarian platform, and why they need a viable third option, which is us. And that's ultimately what we're doing. Um, if you like my opinions on politics, they're the same as Vermin's. Vermin is a principal anarchist, has been longer than most of us have been alive. And, uh, and now he's brought it to us. He's brought his, his well-known satire to the party. And uh, we're going to we're going to ride it all the way to the White House. That's our plan. Uh, he's getting massive amounts of engagement. The campaign team routinely has people contacting us to find out more because their kids follow Vermin on TikTok. Vermin has more uh, followers and mentions on TikTok than any other candidate, including Bernie Sanders. Uh, he is incredibly, incredibly popular with young voters and disengaged voters, unaf politically unaffiliated voters. These are the people the most likely to consider a third-party candidate. And they're considering him. Is it enough for us to win? I know it's enough for us to get way more votes than any other libertarian has ever gotten. And if we're going to win, it's going to require name recognition. And you're not going to get that with someone who isn't capturing the public's attention. Because the media is not going to give us the attention. And if they do, it's only to make us look bad. So if we go there and make them look bad, and now we have, we're the ones telling the joke, and the audience is in on the joke... That's a game that, you know, you're not going to see from, from someone playing the respectability game that the Libertarian Party has been playing for almost 50 years now. So I respect your opinion, though. I, I totally understand. There, there, it, I was one of the people that didn't get it, and now I get it. And if you keep showing off that kind of chest mane like you were in that video. Oh, did you like that? Oh, my goodness. My goodness. You were, you were I was just killing it with the chest mane, right? Yeah, you were killing it with the chest mane. Someone asked me what kind of tie I was going to wear. I said, oh, I don't need a tie. I got some virile manliness to show off here. Yeah, you were just spreading the pheromones. Oh, yeah. No, they were feeling it. Male, raw, primal male energy, as my wife likes to call it. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be in Georgia. Matt's going to be there with us, and we are going to be doing it all over again. I don't think I'm going to be giving a speech there. If, uh, if I am, I'll be doing it. But I, I believe I'm just going to be there schmoozing the audience, uh, hanging out at our table, and uh, cheering on Team Vermin. And just for anybody who's watching that's interested, Joshy Bear Smith will be there. So, yep, Joshy Bear Smith will be there. Joshy Bear Smith will be there. Uh, Tom Arnold will be there. Um, we, there's a whole group. Of, like, there's Oh, gosh. So here's the breakdown. I mean, so... That's a list or group of people. Mike Shipley will so, so Catherine Bernard of Spartacus Legal uh, is going to talk about um, uh, tr uh, jury nullification and jury trials for individuals charged with victimless crimes. Uh, she is well known as someone who has actually uh, gotten people off of their marijuana charges by arguing to the jury that uh, uh, crimes against owning marijuana are immoral and has successfully gotten people off of those charges with it. Um, so, 
Yeah, so it's going to be a we got a, a bunch of people. I'm trying to see who. Then there's going to be uh, on Facebook for years. What's that? I've been friends with Catherine on Facebook for years, and I I'm finally glad to get to meet her in person because her work is just unbelievably good. Yeah, and yeah, no, she's amazing. Uh, and there's going to be pe- people talking about ballot access. There's going to be uh, uh, people talking about communicating liberty. Uh, alternatives to state-run education, uh, all, all sorts of stuff here. And uh, so it's definitely going to be a, uh, an action-packed, uh, action-packed weekend. Uh, all sorts of candidates. Vermin Supreme is going to be there. Dan Berman's going to be there. Uh, Ken Armstrong. Uh, who else? Bunch of other people. Joe Jorgensen's going to be there to explain... Hopefully the sex work thing. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting. Uh, someone running for U.S. House, Martin Cohen, is going to be there. I don't think that's Cohen, but maybe. Um, so it's going to be a, a really good, and we'll be doing plenty of red carpet interviews there. So if you like the red carpet interviews, we will absolutely be doing those with a lot of people. So yeah. So oh, and then the following week. Uh, on Tuesday, be sure to tune in for another episode of the Muddy Waters of, of Freedom, uh, where Matt Wright and I will be parsing through the week's news, like the the cheery little winter boys that we are. Oh, and on Wednesday, tomorrow, my guest is Richard Manzo, who is the vice chair of the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. Uh, one of the masterminds behind the Vermin Spike 2020 campaign. He's going to come on to talk about all sorts of vermin-related stuff. So it's going to be a vermin-tastic Wednesday night on My Fellow Americans. Matt, if someone were going to try to look for us on the internet, is that even possible? You know, oddly enough, it is. Um, That's good. You can find us, most importantly, on Float. Yes, float.app slash Media. F-L-O-T-E dot app yep. uh, slash Muddy Waters Media. You can also find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Muddy Waters Media. You can find us on the Instagram, the Gram, the IG. The IG. At, the IG at Muddy Waters Media. You can find us on Twitter at Muddy underscore Waters. You can hear every podcast we have ever made at anchor.fm slash Muddy Waters. And you can also hear them on your favorite podcasting apps whatever you have on your phone um and you can on youtube at muddied waters media and you can find this in every episode at muddied waters com. so be sure to sign up for all of those and follow us everywhere guys thanks again for tuning in we'll see you this weekend and we'll see you next week or we'll see you tomorrow again for my show my fellow americans and then we will be tuning in This week, we'll be putting up all sorts of different red carpet interviews and all sorts of fun stuff. And then next week, Muddy Waters of Freedom. So have a great week. And where we're going, we don't need roads. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when I go round I lost my feet, said I love you 
better that dreams don't just come true. Staying put, not making sense. Yeah, I've been living in the previous tense. Why won't you help me move on? I can't look, can't make amends. Yeah, it's so sad when I leave in friends, but we've been going so long. Give me back the conversation. I'm sorry I lost my patience. No, I just can't catch a break. Yeah, I'm always late, yet still always waiting. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when I go round. I lost my feet, said I love you. Too bad that dreams don't just come true. Having fun hitting that banana gram. I love just wasting my time. Wasting my time. Hating it, checking my Instagram. No, it won't turn me to a better man. I know it's killing my vibe. My words just seem inefficient. I'm scared of the recognition. I'm sorry, it's you I'm missing. To tell the truth, I can't make it different. Oh, how I love when I slow down Forget myself when I go round I lost my feet, said I love you Too bad that dreams don't just come true Suddenly, I can see the world as it's supposed to be And the pain inside my heart has left my chest Honestly, we can be anyone we wanna be in the world can put our worry down to rest But I can't find another broken light to burn my life up No I can't hold I can't hold another broken soul and know it's over no, it's not over. You are so cool. Yeah. Oh, how I love when I slow down. Forget myself when I go round. I lost my feet, said I love you. Too bad that dreams don't just come true. Yeah. Oh, how I love when I slow down.